everybody to another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Happy Monday morning to everybody watching on our live stream. Uh, if you are watching on our live stream, I was fully ready to be uh, to be on camera bright and early at 9 o'clock this morning, but uh, my, my camera had other ideas. So we'll be here today. I will be a, yeah, I'll be a circular 24-7 logo this morning, which is probably a better look than uh, what I've normally got. But uh, we're joined here by uh, our recruiting reporters, Christian Clemente. And Jason Caldwell to, of course, recap what was a uh, massive junior day for Auburn on Saturday. Not only uh, you know, because it was big for them to get so many good recruits on campus, but guys, just from a pure volume standpoint, it was, as you guys told me it would be, uh, it was massive. Christian, I know you texted me, I think the day before, saying, yeah, there might be 150, 150 kids on campus for this. Uh, I mean, it seemed like it could have been more than that. There was a, there was that moment when they were all heading out to the buses and uh, it was it was pretty chaotic, but man, uh, you know, you and you and I were talking about it to a staff member toward the end of the day, Christian, but what a difference from last year's junior day for this staff to to compile such a loaded visitor list um, in only, you know, a couple months on the job. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, it, it ended up being 200 plus. Um, that might have ended up being a little bit too much. I think this staff recognizes that, um, and I don't think you'll see 200 plus again for a junior day. Um, you know, just some things ended up happening where your teammates or the guys were sharing the QR code with their teammates and stuff like that. But Auburn staff did their absolute best to accommodate everybody that ended up going through those doors. I mean, there were 200 plus there. We were told every guy, you know, got their picture taken in uniform, got to do the photo shoot, stuff like that. Auburn made sure all of these guys were taken care of, um, you know, even if it's a recruit that will never even play college football, but ended up at Auburn's junior day. You never know who their brother is in five years. You know, you want to make sure that they go back and talk to their teammates. They go back and talk to their coach, say, you know, Auburn junior day was great. You know, they took care of us. Um, so overall, despite the huge number, um, I don't think it really negatively impacted Auburn at all, besides maybe, you know, one or two guys. And I think, you know, we'll get into it with Jamari and Burnett. I think the biggest thing was with him was just Cadillac Williams wasn't able to be there because he was sick. Um, so, you know, Auburn, a little bit overwhelming, um, but Auburn did really the best that it could. And I think they did a, you know, if you were great in it, I'd give them an A minus A job on the day overall in terms of handling everything. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. Um, you're right. They, they did a great job just kind of managing the day because here's the one thing about it. New staff, we've talked about the issues over the last two years um, with the previous staff and um, the lack of <clears throat> you know, in-state recruiting and the lack of building relationships, they went above and beyond doing that um, in this first six week period. And it culminated on Saturday. Um, no matter who showed up, they took care of them. They, they made sure to, to talk to, to people, make a relationship. Like as, as Christian said, there's some guys that are, that are higher level prospects that had been to Auburn probably a few times before that maybe didn't get enough one-on-one -on -one attention, but those are guys now that they can come back and, and they will, they'll come back and, and, and have that one-on-one -on -one time when this thing opens back up in March and then for spring practices. But um, what they had to do on, on Saturday was to accommodate everybody that could, and they did that. And so thought it went well um, provided, you know, considering how many people were there and 
And now they'll have a chance to build off of that, you know, moving forward. And I think the biggest thing too, let me just say this is, you know, with some of the really big targets as well, most of them, you know, Jamari Burnett, it was just unfortunate that Cadillac Williams wasn't able to be there. Most of the other guys, you know, they made sure they did get that attention, whether it was Jaden Lewis with Zach Etheridge and Coach Crime. Um, you want to talk about the linebackers, Demarcus Riddick, Joseph Phillips, you know, Josh Aldridge met those guys outside and made sure to walk them in, stuff like that. So you know, they were shown attention for the most part. Hey, Christian, we'll start there because you keep referencing Burnett. Um, of course, he is stop me if I'm wrong, probably I mean the biggest running back target for them um in this in this 24 class. He's you know, he's he's up there. Sure. We don't have an exact idea of the board, but he's definitely in their top top three, top five on the board. Well, he's a you know, he's a local guy. He's been on campus a lot. Um, and I don't I I think the response to some of his comments were better than than maybe um you know it could have been. I think people sort of understood um, because, like you referenced, Christian, he you know his his gripes with the situation were a his position coach wasn't there. I mean, Cadillac Williams. We know how great of a recruiter he is. Um, and B, it was a little overcrowded. And when you hear him say both those things, you're kind of you kind of shrug your shoulders and say, "Yeah, I mean that's fair." But this is a guy, obviously Auburn. Auburn feels good about, and, and you know he's been on campus several times. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he'll be back. Um, that's not really a huge concern. The biggest thing for him, you know, you left the day and you're like, okay, well, if he comes back for a spring practice, you feel fine. Um, you know, going into the weekend, we thought maybe a commitment was possible. Um, I'm not saying the weekend killed the momentum. The way I've been phrasing it is, it just kind of slowed the momentum. Um, if Auburn still wants Jamarian Burnett, they can easily still get Jamarian Burnett. And it's not really a question in my mind. Um, I think he'll still be back for spring practice. And, you know, he said he wants to commit before the summer. And I still think Auburn is one of the top, probably top two, top three schools involved there. Um, you know, even given the situation with more with follow-up questions towards the end, he still said Auburn is a top, top school for him. He said he really enjoyed Hugh Freeze a lot. Um, I think Hugh Freeze got up in front of the whole group and spoke for a while, and he liked that. And I think uh, Fat Burnett talked with Hugh Freeze a little bit off to the side as well, so he enjoyed that. And look, the biggest thing I said it on the message board too is Jamari Burnett is not huge on interviews. He's just not a huge interview guy, um, so it's you have to take what he says kind of with a little bit of grain of salt. But I don't think this weekend did not kill Auburn's chances with Jamari Burnett. Far from it. You also made reference to another guy who it seems like Auburn has a pretty good shot with, maybe a little bit more um, in the near future. A guy, a guy in Jaden Lewis, um, who had a good visit. He's been on Auburn's radar for a while. He's four star in the composite. If you correct me if I'm wrong, as at, at cornerback, um, Jason. I guess tell me a little bit about what what we know at the moment about a guy like uh, a guy like Jaden Lewis that, like Christian said. Zach Etheridge and Crime Dog, we knew they were going to get, do a good job, uh, good job as a recruiting tandem, and uh, and now obviously they've got a local guy that it feels that they they feel pretty good about moving forward. Yeah, he's a guy that's had Auburn really at, at the top of his list for I don't know maybe a year or more. And when you think about you know Jaden Lewis, I mean athletic corner that can run, make plays, returns kicks and Anderson, but a guy that just he just had that feel for a long time. He's continued to grow and get bigger. You see a photo of him right there, and, and he's about as, as tall as Zach Etheridge now. And, and this is not a, he's not a small corner. He might have been considered a small corner this time last year. He's not that guy anymore. He's continued to get bigger and, and fill out. He's you know, he's still got another year of high school left. And so I think if you're Auburn, you got to feel really good about you know your chances with a guy like Jaden Lewis. And he's a guy that's always talked about, hey, maybe want to get this thing done early. Um, here's what you normally see this time of year. You normally see some guys – start to do things, um, 
you know, as soon as this signing day is over with, some guys want to get out there. You see it every year. There's a couple of guys for Auburn. There's a couple of years, guys all over the place. So it's a guy that, you know, maybe folks watch for. But, um, you know, if you're Auburn, like I said, you got to feel pretty good about him um, right now. And, you know, that's a that's a that's still a very much loaded roster. They had a couple of Division One guys last year that signed with Alabama and South Carolina. And they've got a load of of twenty five and twenty six prospects on this on this roster as well. And if you can get get your hooks in there, I mean, you think about well all those, especially bigger physical pass rush linebacker kind of guys. They got a couple of really good ones. So um, be be a good one to get if if Auburn could get a guy like Jaden Lewis. Yeah, Grayshon Swain is a guy that I talked to um, later on in the day. Someone seems like Auburn is trying to get in on early um he said his dad so his dad grew up and he you know he grew up an auburn fan his, his family um, was auburn fans yeah like you said jason that's one of those rosters you know we mentioned langston hughes over the better part of the last year a bunch of talented guys there there are rosters like that um where you want to like you said get your hooks in there and um because you're set up not only you got 2024s you got 25s and 26s um as well that you maybe want to look at moving forward um there were a handful christian of of guys that we can touch on um commitments to other schools guys that were on campus guys like demarcus riddick um obviously you had the florida commitment as well talk about some of those guys um and 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 where they stand and um you know seeming like they're you know obviously a commitment is one thing um but i I mean i can at least speak for someone like demarcus riddick the four-star georgia linebacker commit who i talked to and um seems like he's he's keeping things pretty open saying that you know arkansas and alabama and auburn are all in his top schools that's a guy who's committed currently um, to Georgia at the moment, how much progress did Auburn make toward toward possible flips? You know, in a year down the line with some of these guys. Yeah, let's start with Riddick because um, that's a guy that Jason and I went to go watch play basketball. I guess it was a week or two ago now. Um, he's a guy who he said it when we talked to him after the basketball game, and he confirmed us that he was going to Junior Day. He said, "Look, I love Auburn. I've got nothing against Auburn at all. Um, and you know, it's a it's a new staff. It's a new opportunity. Um, yes, I'm committed to Georgia, and that's the." that's the school I'm leaning towards right now. That's the school that I really like the most right now. Um, but kind of in a sense, you know, he felt like it would be almost foolish to totally shut out other schools um, and kind of at least not listen to what they had to say. Um, and, you know, specifically Josh Aldridge, um, Josh Lynham, that assistant linebacker coach there, you know, he said, look, if they show me a lot of love, um, then they're at least going to have a chance in my recruitment. And, you know, we're recording this on Monday, January 30th. Signing day is sometime in the middle of December. Um, so there's about 11 months to go still until signing day, assuming he signs in that early on that early signing day. Um, so, look, there's a lot of time here. Auburn's previous staff wasn't really involved at all, in all honesty. I don't really remember his name popping up much at all. don't really remember him visiting. Um, so, look, this weekend was the first big step. I think we talked about it on the last um, recruiting podcast preview in the weekend. Uh, Jason and I did. This weekend is the first big step. You get him on campus and you show him love. And, you know, Nathan, you talk to him so you can touch on a little bit more probably. But it seems like Auburn did that. It seems like DeMarcus Riddick is a guy that you would expect back for a spring practice or for the A-Day game, some sort of some sort of visit in the spring. Um, and then, you know, you hope from there that you can get him on campus for an official visit in the summer. Um, if that's when he wants to take his officials or if he wants to take his official for a game in the fall, whatever it may be, um, this weekend was the first opportunity kind of for Auburn to lay the groundwork there a little bit. And I think Auburn did that. Um, I think the weekend was a success in that aspect. Um, Look, you're not flipping him now. You're not flipping him in the next three weeks. Um, This is a long-term process, but Auburn 
Auburn made the first step and it was a successful first step into Marcus Riddick's recruitment. Yeah, he said, you know, like most people, I mean, it seems like we talked to are planning on coming back um, sometime in the spring, like you mentioned, after the after the period, after the recruiting period opens back up. Um, yeah, I mean, Josh Aldridge was the one who who stood out to me um, because also in, in in talking to Devin Smith, who's another linebacker from, uh, well, he he's Riddick isn't from Georgia, I guess, but you've got another kind of local line linebacker you consider somebody from Brunswick, Georgia, to be to be pretty local. Um, seems like Josh Aldridge is 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 putting in the work. Um, it seems like a lot of these guys already have good relationships. It's interesting with a guy like Smith. Um, you know, Aldridge offered him at Liberty. He was um, his first offer. Sorry. He was his first offer there at Liberty, actually. Yeah, and you also had another, uh, you know, uh, offensive lineman from Mississippi, Kobe Williams, who also had a relationship with Jake Thornton. And I'm sure between between all of us, there were a lot of guys like that. And so, um, you're seeing sort of the roots of this staff start to start to poke out, and and you're seeing them sort of reestablish some of these recruiting connections. Um, speaking of offensive line, Jason, they had obviously that will always be that will always be a point of uh, a point of emphasis for Auburn over the next few years in recruiting to kind of make up some of those deficiencies not only do they have highly rated offensive linemen but they had offensive linemen in multiple classes and they had some huge dudes on campus just massive athletes um in in seemingly you know the next two or three classes on campus this week um so again thornton is is doing a good job trying to set up uh trying to set up some roots with those guys moving forward but it seems like uh it seems like they have a good opportunity to to get in early on a, on a couple of their top offensive line targets Absolutely. You know, you look at it and, and that even continued into Sunday. We know where you're talking about, you know, just guys on campus that, you know, they had several more, you know, big time players on campus, um, you know, even on Sunday. But you, know, you start thinking about offensive linemen, Jaquan, Jaquan McCrory, um, just you're talking about massive six, eight, three sixty five um, is a big dude from from Clay Chalkwell. And then that's a loaded roster. His teammate. You know, Mario Craver, uh, you know, wide receiver, is a is a guy that was on campus as well and had a really good visit. But McCrory is, uh, yeah, he's when you start talking about big dudes, that's a, that's that's what that's the definition of that. And so yeah. you're right, and and so it's just about uh, again continuing to uh, to kind of find out those those ties, the things that that guys are looking for out of uh, you know out of their visits, those kind of things. I mean. You know, so even on Sunday, Blake Franks was on campus, a kid from South Carolina named I mean, 6'5", 330. And so these are these are massive human beings, guys that still have a year or two in a high school left for some of them. So, I mean, there, there's lots more that Christian can probably touch on, too. But I think about, you know, those offensive tackle types. And and um, when you start thinking about those guys, uh, Chase Malamala, um, kid that I t- spoke to last week and, and, and came up for a visit from South Florida, um, impressive player, you know, and here's the things the more you talk to guys, the more you learn about them. Chase Malamala, dad played at Washington, um, didn't know that. And so I start, start talking to him. I go, Hey, when you were there, and he goes, Early 90s, I'm like, Those Washington teams were some of my favorite teams. He played on those teams, he played on a team that won a national championship, and then he played with the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's a guy that has a strong football background. Um, and, and so when you start thinking about, um, you know, just guys on campus from that offensive line group. That's just a few of, of the many that were there. Yeah. Um, I think probably one of my favorite moments from the entire day. Um, and I referenced this on the war Eagle wake up I did on Sunday morning. Um, but it was, you know, McCroy had walked in, um, and 
chatted with us for a little bit, um, just passing by, chatted with Jason and I, um, and then he walked back out. And then when he walked back in, um, Jason was using the bathroom or whatever it was. And he pointed where Jason was and he, he asked, where's boss man at? Um, so that was one of my favorite moments of the day. You know, you've got six, eight, three sixty five, uh, asking where boss man is, but he carries that weight pretty well, to be honest, um, given his size, he'd maybe slim down to like three fifty in college, but he carries it pretty well. Um, some of the other offensive linemen that were on campus, uh, Egan Boyer, Egan Boyer, uh, from the Carolinas, I think North Carolina, you get him on campus, you know, we saw him, he looked kind of tall and skinny, might need to put on a little bit of weight there. Um, but really like the frame that he has. And then Nathan, a guy that you talked to as well, um, John Wayne Oliver out of the Nashville area. Um, he's only a three-star right now, but he's got a pretty solid offer list. Um, FSU is another school that has offered recently. I believe Michigan is in the mix there, which Michigan always has good offensive lines, especially recently. Um, so if you're competing against Michigan for an offensive lineman, you probably have to like that. Um, so Nathan, you talked to John Wayne Oliver and you can touch on it a little bit more, but seems like Auburn is pretty solidly in the mix there as well. Another previous staff relationship there, Freeze had him on campus at Liberty, um, kind of got in on him early. Yeah, he's at a Christ Presbyterian Academy outside uh, outside of Nashville. Yeah, great size. Um, obviously, still still somebody that's filling out a little bit. But he's 6'6", 260, something like that is what we have him listed at. I'd say that's probably um, pretty accurate. Uh, whereas a guy like Kobe Williams, the, the guy from Mississippi, we have him at 6'6", 300, and that is that is definitely sufficient. That was a massive human being. Um, but yeah, Oliver's a guy, like you said, impressive offer sheet. Um, you're dealing with Michigan. Right now, it seems like that's somewhere he he likes. He said he wants to wants to visit there. Also got Florida State um, as well. There were also, Christian, um, a bunch of elite prospects that were on campus when you look at guys um, like Justin Green throughout the throughout you know classes. I know Zion Grady is is someone that if you're recruiting, obviously your school in the state of Alabama, that's somebody you want to make sure um, that you're in on as well. Shaw from Hoover, I'm I'm, I'm blanking on Bradley. his first name, but in terms of you know top 100, top 50 recruits over the next two classes, I'd say you know there are probably for what four, five, six of those guys on campus. Yeah, um, let's start with Bradley Shaw because we just talked to him yesterday. He visited on Sunday, um, and you know he had some really really good things to say about Auburn. Um, it seems like uh, Josh Aldridge, Josh Lynham, it seems like those guys have put a pretty heavy emphasis on the Hoover linebacker. Um, we have him as, I think, the number 69 overall player in the class. He's the number four player in the state of Alabama. So you've already got him on lane committed, one of the top players in the state of Alabama. I don't remember exactly where he ranks, but he's one of the top 15 guys. Um, you feel pretty confident that you could get Jaden Lewis in the fold within the next couple of weeks, maybe. Within the next week, I think, is certainly possible. Um, he's another one of the top 15 players in the state, somewhere there. I think he's top 10, probably. Um, and then now you're seemingly making a pretty big move for Bradley Shaw as well. Um, Bradley Shaw is the number four player in the class, if I remember correctly. One of the top linebackers as well. Um, and linebacker is a position where you're probably going to be losing decent amount of guys after this season. Um, and you know you brought in Demario Tolan and Austin Keys out of the transfer portal, but you've got you know by the time Bradley Shaw gets here. Um, because this season will have played out. You would have two years of eligibility left for Tolan, and you would only have one year of eligibility left for Austin Keys. So it feels like linebacker is going to be a big position of need in this class with the possibility of maybe signing three or four guys there. Um, I would not rule out at all. Um, it's, you know, we talked about it earlier. 
They had Demarcus Riddick. They had Bradley Shaw on Sunday. They had Miles Graham, the Florida commit on Saturday. They had Joseph Phillips, that really fast rising linebacker out of uh, Booker T there in Tuskegee. So, look, they're attacking linebacker really heavy. And luckily for Auburn staff, you, you don't have to go far to find some really elite linebackers in this class. Um, so we're getting a feel already for kind of where Auburn's linebacker board sits um, and how big of a emphasis that is for this recruiting class. Um, we're also kind of getting a feel for the recruiting chops of Josh Aldridge. Um, I think there were maybe some questions about just kind of, you know, he came over from Liberty. What would his kind of recruiting prowess be? This is a guy that Jason said it when he was hired. He's been recruited in this area. This is kind of his been his area of recruiting at Liberty. So he's really already familiar with these coaches, already familiar with some of these guys, and you've seen it. Um, you haven't seen a commitment yet, but you've seen him get elite guys on campus, and it seems like they've really, really enjoyed talking to him, and he's made a pretty, pretty big impact already. Someone I think we uh, passed over a little bit. Somebody else who maybe I don't know if commitment watch is the right is the right word, but I know you guys feel pretty good about Malik Autry as we sit here and talk about linebackers and, and defensive linemen about uh, about their chances with him. Yeah, big kid and young kid at Opelika, but he's a guy that's. That, I mean, you talking about been on that is a guy that that has been on Auburn's radar for a while. He was he was an early guy that Auburn has has been on, and made some visits. But you look at him and and you just see potential for a guy that still has two years left. I mean, as a twenty twenty five, this is a big kid. I mean, he is. I don't know. Christian, what do you think? Six five, two eighty, somewhere around in there, probably. I think he's probably closer to six six, to be honest. Uh, we have him listed right now at six six, two sixty five. I think he's bigger than that. I think he's six yeah. six, closer to two eighty, like you said. But but carries it well. You can see, and and this is a guy that I mean, he's just now scratching the surface of what he could be, and and it, you know, he could be a building block for a future class if you get a guy like that in. And so um, I know that they're they're saying, hey. If you want to come on, there's no need to wait. And so we'll see what happens with a guy like that. But obviously, you know, you, you, you start to think about future. It's just, it's, you know, this, the here and now, and we just saw the here and now with transfer portal, with the way they had to approach this class, they had to go here and now let's go get it. But we just, I mean, we just talked to Hugh Freeze, you know, just a couple of days ago in Montgomery following, you know, the, the coaching clinic and uh, the Alabama coaching clinic, um, and, you know, him talking about, look, we know we had to do it here, but we also know you have to build it. You have to build it through high school and you have to build it through relationships and you have to build it through through recruiting, you know, prep prospects. And so they're doing those things in Alabama and, you know, they're in Georgia today, the entire staff at the Georgia, starting the Georgia high school football clinics as well. That's something that they're doing and, and, and getting back to doing something that, that the Auburn staff did not do as much of the last couple of years. It'll pay off. It'll pay off in the present as it did, and it'll pay off in the future. And, and you know, that's a guy that uh, that Auburn could could really build around. Yeah, I think, you know, you talk about 25s, you know, you get Malik Autry on board. You're after some other elite guys that we've seen on campus over the past couple of weeks, Ryan Williams, Alvin Henderson. Um, so you start you start building that class up a little bit. It's, it's never too it's early to get guys. It's a, it's a loaded twenty twenty five. When you start thinking about it, you know you just mentioned Don Grady, you know top ten player in the country. Um, you know that's a guy that has has been up a few times, uh, came back up, and he is a a dominant pass rusher. So you start thinking about you know then then you know a guy that wasn't here this weekend has been here a bunch is to Caleb Falk. Caleb Falk. I mean uh, 
<clears throat> excuse me, Keldrick Falk's younger brother is a 2025 in that class. And this is a, a we just saw a, a generational type defensive line class as part of a 2023 class in Alabama that had a, top, a bunch of four and five star guys. It's going to be a, a similar top heavy 2025 class in Alabama with a bunch of four and five star guys a little bit more spread out in terms of positions, but there's a bunch of them. And so um, you know, to start getting getting your feel and getting those guys on campus and starting to make inroads with that class is, is just as important as it is with kind of playing catch up in 2024. Yeah, Jason, another guy that you talked to um, on Saturday as well, Anquan Fagans, number one safety in the class up there out of Thompson. You'd love to start having a little bit more success in Thompson and he's like the best guy in 2025 when it comes yep. to Thompson. Absolutely. And, and, and that's a guy that people kind of people write off, but if you're, if you're this staff, you go, Hey, not going to hurt you to bring the guys in, take visits, um, recruit those guys. You never know. Um, and their message was, was pretty, pretty. When you think about it, it's pretty simple going, Hey, look, go where you want to go. Don't, don't go where people think you need to go, go where you want to go. And, and, and that's the way you sell it. I mean, his brother's in Alabama. Everybody's already kind of written him off there, and that may be where he winds up. But if you're offering to go, look, come come make your own name. And and so, um, you know, him on campus, Caleb Harris, 2024 safety from Thompson, and then Trent Seaborn, um, eighth grade quarterback that is is already you know lighting up everything. And um, here's the thing about him: you think eighth grade quarterback, and you think about him, Christian. We saw him last September, probably September October. Mm-hmm. And he looked like a, a small child when we saw him playing uh, Spain Park. He's not that I – mean, he's a lot bigger than he was even last September. And, and that's, that's kind of the growing time for, 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 for boys in that stage. But, I mean, he's legit six foot tall now, probably weighs 180 pounds. He is not a small quarterback any longer, as, especially as an eighth grader. And, I mean, he can throw the football, but – he handles himself like a like somebody that's 18, 19 years old. He yes. doesn't handle himself like a like a 14 year old. He's just really impressive. And um to get him on campus and to kind of start building that relationship was another big deal too. Yeah, that's the thing. Look, when you talk about Trent Seaborn, we're not gonna even have a remote idea of where his recruitment is going for like two to three years. There's still a long way to go. But you get him on campus, you get kind of a feel. And you know, Jason, you touched on it. When we watched them play Spain Park. Trent got kind of – that was one of his first times he got thrown into the fire because their starter uh, at the time went out with an injury. And uh, he didn't play great. He didn't play bad, though, either. Um, it was just kind of a situation where he was thrown into the fire a little bit. Um, and then he lights the world on fire um, in the playoffs and especially in the state title game where that's where he gets a lot of that attention and really really breaks out, which, Nathan, I want to ask you kind of <laughs> your thoughts about his performance in that game too because – you were in the stands watching that game just as a fan um, since Auburn High was playing. Um, and look, it was windy out there. It was cold, and he was throwing darts. I was surrounded. I was completely surrounded by Auburn High people, and he was just driving daggers into everyone's soul. Like you said, yeah, windy. Uh, I think it was a little rainy. It was definitely cold. I mean, yeah, just complete dots he's putting down the field. And like Jason mentioned too, um, and like Seaborn was just somebody I was excited to to just see on campus and. And uh, and talk to just because, like you said, Jason, it is such an interesting, you know, how do you go about this process? And that's kind of what you asked him is like, you know, you're you're it's so early on, you know, you're literally an eighth grader. How do you 
how do you approach this? And, and, you know, like you said, Christian, it, it will be some time before we ever figure out what he wants to do, but um, it would probably be a safe assumption to say he is at least a high four-star prospect here in a couple of years. I mean, it, it's again, one of the most impressive performances by a, uh, by a young high school quarterback um, I've ever seen in that, in that game. So yeah, like Jason mentioned, he, this, he does not, he has been ready for this for some time. This, he does not talk like whatever, um, however old he is, 14. Um, he does not talk and carry himself and act like a, a 14 year old kid. He acts like somebody who um, knows the kind of talent he has. He knows what road could possibly be in front of him, what path could be in front of him. Um, and he knows how to handle it. And look, that path, he's an in-state kid. He's from Thompson. It's it, that, that path is going to include Auburn um, being very interested in him for the next few years. And so, it's somebody you you're obviously very glad to have on campus at uh, yeah at such an early stage. One, one more quarterback. I know we're, we're we're running up probably towards the end of it, but Antoine Hill um, got got an offer from Auburn a little bit closer to to being ready in 2025. But but he looks when I mean, this is a big kid. He's he's a legit six four six five, long athletic, and I, I think a guy that's going to blow the roof off of recruiting in the next next few weeks and months as more teams get through there and, and see him. But a Georgia prospect was on campus, um, got that offer. I think it's a guy that Auburn's going to be in the mix for. But, but Christian, this is a guy that kind of been tracking for a little while, kind of waiting on it, and, and it and it happened on Saturday. Yeah, it was Dukes actually a couple of weeks ago that said, you know, Dukes obviously tapped into the Atlanta area really well. He said, hey, go watch Antoine Hill's film. See what you think about him. There's talk that he could be the best quarterback in the state for 2025, um, and yet you know, we tossed on tossed on the huddle, and it was very clear that he has an elite arm um, already. And as a sophomore, I believe his stats were 40 touchdowns and three interceptions, if I remember correctly. Um, he didn't even really have to run that much because his arm was so elite; he could make passes. The deep ball was there, um, and you know, I talked to him before he was set to visit, and he said he was hopeful and kind of felt that it was likely that Auburn was going to offer this weekend. And that's the case. Um, and so now, now the game begins there. You've seen Auburn already um, has kind of not turned its attention, but has already started to show a lot of attention recruiting out the quarterbacks for the 2025 class. Um, you know, KJ Lacey has been offered Deuce Knight, that lefty quarterback from Mississippi has been offered Antoine Hill now. Um, and Jason, this is something we've talked about a little bit on the show already, but you talk about the quarterback development on this staff. You got Hugh Freeze, you've got Philip Montgomery, you've got Ken Austin, and you have Jesse Stone as an analyst who's connected with some other quarterbacks in some other areas as well. Um, Auburn kind of has the luxury of Ken Austin specifically is the big one where he has a lot of experience as a quarterback, as a coach in the CFL, um, where uh, Auburn can go out and already start scouting 2025s. Um, pretty early now and start throwing some offers out there and trying to build relationships quickly there as well. Yeah. What's really interesting too, is the more you learn about guys, the more you, you, you get a feel for background and some of the things. And, and Ken Austin, honestly, is a guy that I remember, you know, watching and, and, and hearing about it Ole Miss when I was 12, 13, 14 years old. And you, you think, well, he's a CFL coach. And then, Saturday up walks King Dunlap, a guy I hadn't seen in years, um, guy that we're hopefully we're going to get on the podcast here soon. But um, King had talked to him for a long time. He goes, hey, Ken Austin coached me in high school in, in Nashville. And then you start hearing these these guys from CPA going, hey, yeah, I, you know, their dads have a connection and they remember Ken Austin. So, you know, he's got that has hooks in high school recruiting in the Nashville area. 
and obviously coaching the CFL. I mean, Philip Lolly walks in the other, go, the other day and said, hey, yeah, that was the guy that hired me to be the defensive coordinator of CFL when he was the head coach. So, I mean, Ken Austin has some 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 serious ties in addition to his quarterback development just in recruiting. And so um, when you start thinking about um, everything that's going on, um, all the connections, you're right, quarterback is as strong as any. And as, as hey, you talked to Hugh Freeze, we talked to him the other day, he said, look, I coach those guys hard. And it's going to be tough, and that's going to start in the spring. And so um, it, it's going to be a, a really interesting dynamic to watch these quarterbacks and to see what happens over the not just the next few months but the next few years. Yeah, someone asked in the chat, did they offer Trent Seaborn? Not yet. Uh, 2027, long way to go there. He's got yeah, some offers yeah, I mean, already. But it'll, it'll come eventually. But, yes. yeah, I think they're just kind of waiting on that. Um, Nathan, I think one last guy we should touch on real quick mm-hmm. is Zion Ferguson. Uh, that cornerback from Gainesville, Georgia, committed to LSU. Uh, Auburn gets him on campus, and you know he had some interesting things to say afterwards. He said, look, I don't want to burn any bridges. Uh, if a school is entertaining me, I'm going to entertain them at least. Um, and so he makes his way down. And honestly, one of the biggest things that stuck out to me, and this is something Dukes has talked about on the show before, was he touched on the Atlanta emphasis that Auburn has really put in recruiting, specifically at DB. Last year, Auburn gets Terrence Love from Langston Hughes. They get Kayan Lee. Um, they get Tyler Scott. They get Colton Hood. They get a ton of Atlanta DVs. Um, and now you're looking at uh, Zion Ferguson out of Gainesville. Um, already committed to LSU, has been for a, quite a while now. Uh, but he said, look, I just told them I'm going to be back for spring practice. I like it here. I like Zach Etheridge. He likes Crime Dog. He likes Hugh Freeze. Um, and so – Auburn makes some inroads there this weekend. And again, it's similar to DeMarcus Riddick. You're not flipping him this weekend. You're not flipping him in the next couple of weeks, but you get him on campus. You get him returned for another visit. Ideally, you get him in for an official visit. And then you, know, you go from there. So you kind of lay the groundwork there with Zion Ferguson, the LSU cornerback commit. Yeah, thanks for that note, Christian. I was going to ask you all if you had anything else you wanted to add here toward the uh, toward the end. But if you all think... <clears throat> Excuse me, if y'all think that was good, um, that was a great show. Thought y'all packed a lot of uh, a lot of information in there. Um, yeah, lot, lots more people. If you, if you miss anything, um, correct. Yeah, there's a lot of it there. Uh, can can look back and, and through the front page especially, and I think probably maybe by tomorrow be a good day to to we'll we'll probably package everything together and 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 try to maybe throw all the junior day stuff in in one story and put some links in there let people so you can find a laser that might be a good idea so we can do that for folks as well but lots of things going on and uh you know still still gonna be a lot of recruiting going on even though it's a dead month so there'll be kids that, that are they can still send coaches. offers and absolutely yeah. so that i don't think these guys are going to slow down it's just going to be a different way of doing it yeah yep. there is a, a quick quick plug here at the end before we go like jason mentioned um if you guys don't want to miss anything, uh, the 75% off a subscription at Auburn Undercover, that's our best deal of the year. Like whenever we run it, we don't we do not do a bigger percentage than that. Um, but it's a flash sale today. So if you're listening to this after Monday and you didn't take advantage of it, I'm sorry. But uh, it's only it's only for today on Monday. So um, like Jason said, if you guys take advantage, I think it's less than $27. You can do it for the entire year. If you guys do that and you become a subscriber, then scroll away. You can get on the, you can get on the site and read absolutely whatever you want uh, because I think – I think everything we wrote this weekend was uh, was was premium content. So if you guys want access to all those interviews, interviewed probably 20 plus 30 players this weekend, 
Um, if you guys want, if you guys want access to all that, again, 75% off, you guys go check it out. Um, the link is on our homepage. So appreciate everybody for tuning in today. Um, thank you guys for listening. Leave us a five-star review on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you guys listen to your podcast. That really helps us out. Bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can find him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Till the next episode, we'll catch you guys later. Everybody, thank you so much for joining in and have a great rest of the week.